Hello. Thanks for being here. Where are you right now? I'm going to tell you a story. All you need to do is listen. It's a story about a girl called Maya. She's 13 years old. She's always 13. She'll always be 13. I'm going to be Maya. Is everyone okay? I'm okay. I'm fine. Let's begin. My name is Maya, which means illusion or magic. I've got curly hair. I've got dark eyes. I've got a dark red birthmark on the left side of my face. Do I look familiar? I've had my photo on the front page of a national newspaper. I'm 13 years old. I'm always 13. I've always been 13. Oh, and also, even though I haven't got my licence, I can drive a car. Debbie is the other person you need to know about. She's my mum. My dad's not around. Debbie's got pale blue eyes and fine blonde hair. She's small and slim, but she's stronger than she looks. We've just moved here, me and Debbie. We've just moved to this city, to this brand new house, in a brand new street. The taxi pulled up at the curb. The driver put our suitcases on the pavement. I walked up the gravel path. I walked up to the door saying, number nine. So, what's it like round here? I saw the river and the ruin by the roundabout. I saw a church on a hill and a bus station. I saw the transporter bridge. We've lived in lots of different places, me and Debbie. We've been all over. Debbie comes from a place surrounded by hills made of chalk where fighter planes flew over low and deafening. One evening, the sun was setting. Debbie was at the window doing the washing up. A jet ripped across the orange sky. She felt a tremor in her belly then, like a hand reaching in and giving everything a good shake. Before the year was out, I was born. It wasn't long before we moved on. We moved to a town with a lot of white buildings. We moved to a village where you can hear frogs croaking at night. We lived near the sea once. We moved to the 33rd floor of a tower block that swayed in the wind. We moved into a place with bed bugs. We lived on the fourth floor of a house with a rope ladder in a box by the window to climb down if there was a fire. We lived in a place with horseshoes on the walls. We lived above a shop with a sign saying skin fade. We lived in a town where they did tours and murders that made the place famous. We lived in a city that had a wall running right through the middle and you had to remember which side to stay on. We've lived in towns where all the shops were boarded up and towns with beautiful fountains. We lived in a caravan, on a houseboat, on the edge of a park, by a train track. 
It was for different reasons that we kept moving. Sometimes Debbie would say, there aren't any jobs here, or you can't get a good education, or it's not safe. Once we came home and there was a hole gouged in our back door. A window on the houseboat got smashed. Once she was chatting to a neighbour in the street and Debbie said, this government is a bunch of bastards. The next day, the neighbour wouldn't look at us and the day after that, Debbie got the suitcases down from the attic. Other times, it was just a feeling, Debbie said. She'd get this feeling and it would be time to go. I had this teacher once, Mr Collard. We called him Chewy Louie. He comes into the classroom one morning, he says, Right, today's lesson is in compassion, because some of you lot, you don't know you're born. He says, Imagine this. It's the middle of the night. 2am, say. You've got to leave your home and your town, and you don't know where you're going, and you're never coming back. You've got to leave now. What are you going to take? Someone says, my phone. Someone else says, my PS4. My GHDs. Picture of me and my nan. My nail art kit. My Harry Potter books. Good for long journeys. My magic set. Mr Collard shakes his head. He says, what about warm clothing? What about some dried food? What about a torch and spare batteries? What about medicines? What about passports? What about plastic sheeting to keep you dry? He switches all the lights off and jerks the blinds down. The lights have gone out, he shouts. You have to pack in the dark! I sit quietly at the back. Becky Harris calls out, Bubble Machine, Unicorn Onesie. And now there's artillery fire, yells Mr Collard, and he fumbles with the stereo in the dim light to get the sound effects he's lined up, but a song plays and the whole class start dancing to Taylor Swift. (laughs) Mr Collard sweeps the stereo off his desk and it smashes on the floor. Everyone goes quiet. Somebody starts crying. His eyes dance around the room and they land on me. Everyone turns. They're all looking at me. I stood on the doorstep of the new house. The front door was green. There was a sign saying, no junk mail, no cold callers, no charity bags. Debbie put the key in the lock and we went in. It was dim in the hallway. It smelt of bleach. The light blinked red on the smoke detector. When I looked through the letterbox, I could see the river. What Debbie will want to know is, is this a good area? A safe area? She's a safety nut. My dad's not about, you see. 
Once, we got burgled and a policeman came round. He told us all the things we could do to keep safe. Locks, alarms, floodlights. He said, good to know, two females without a man around. And Debbie's like, detective, let me get this straight. You're seriously suggesting we would be safer with a man in the house? You hear stories about mothers, don't you? Running back into burning houses to rescue their little ones. The firefighters shouting, are you mental? The neighbours saying, don't do it, love. But the mother's like, back off, wet tea towel, slap it on my head, I'm going in. You hear about pregnant mothers refusing cancer treatment or mothers eating rats so their kid can have the last sausage. You hear about mothers putting their babies into hatches in the walls of hospitals even though their hearts are breaking. I heard about this one mother in the middle of baking. Here's a sound out in the backyard. She pulls her penny off and runs outside. There's a mountain lion caught red-handed with her kid in its mouth. She doesn't hesitate clocks it on the head with the muffin tray and forces its jaws open with her bare hands. There was a woman, knocked off a bridge with her son in her arms. She made a human cocoon around him as they fell. She was smashed to pieces, but there wasn't a scratch on him. There was a family on a camping trip in Alberta. There was a flash of lightning. The mother heard a branch crack. She dived on top of her four little girls and saved their lives. Her spine had to be welded back together. She was in hospital for a year. She said it was worth every second, every screw. She was absolutely thrilled to bits. This is not going to be one of those stories, by the way. It does start in a storm, though. There was a storm the night I was born. Hailstones slammed into the windows of the maternity ward. The rain was like waterfalls sluicing on the roof and the screaming of the wind drowned out the screaming of the women in labor. The roof started leaking in places. The nurses put buckets under the drips. The lights flickered and the mothers shouted, what's happening? The midwife said, get a hold of yourselves. The generator will kick in soon and you'll all get your tea and toast afterwards. Debbie wasn't screaming. She bit down hard on a rolled up towel. She squeezed her eyes tight shut. She imagined herself in a quiet white room with soft carpets while the contractions powered through her like a freight train and the storm bellowed outside. When I finally slid out, the midwife said, good girl, Debbie. Then they picked me up and someone said, oh, Hang on, is that just blood or... Let's get her cleaned up. Do you want to hold her, Mum? You need to bond. Debbie's like, where's the flipping tea and toast you promised? They said, buck up, girl. You're a mother now. Start acting like one. We'll just stitch you up and wipe the blood and slime off baby. They wiped and they wiped until they realised they'd have to stop wiping because some of it wasn't going to come off, ever. Debbie looked at me then and she sighed and said, 
Okay, hand me that baby. And since then, we've never been apart. Did you ever hear about the tiger toss? I learned about it in school. It was in the Roman times. Most people were very poor back then. There was no contraception, no hospitals, there were too many babies and not enough food. When a new baby was born, the mother had to take it to the emperor. He'd examine it and decide whether it was worth keeping. Yes or no. If it was a no, the mother had to take it and throw it off a mountain called the Tiger Toss. The teacher said it was normal for them in those days, just like throwing out a mouldy loaf. Some kid said, So, if we'd have been born back then, some of us wouldn't have made it. We would have been tossed off the mountain. And the teacher said, No doubt. And the kid said, Which of us, do you reckon? The teacher said, We're going to move on now. But the kids all go, Come on, miss. Which of us would have gone off the tiger toss? She said, I can't possibly answer that. They're all looking at me. But I'm fine. When I got home, I googled the tiger toss but I couldn't find it, even though I searched all different ways. Romans threw babies off mountains. Roman baby murder. Unwanted babies. Rejected babies. Baby Cliff Chuck. I found all sorts of other things, though. There's a lot of interesting stuff in the world. We stood in the hallway. Our eyes got used to the dim light. We noticed the doormat saying, Welcome. The beige carpet covered in plastic. The painting on the wall of the transporter bridge. The table with the vase of pretend flowers, the card saying, Home Sweet Home, signed by the team. I went upstairs. I found the bathroom at the end of the hall with the shower curtain saying, Land Ahoy, and the hook on the back of the door shaped like an anchor. Do you like baths or showers? I'm a bath person. I like to go under and practice holding my breath. I don't have a certificate or anything, but technically I've done survival training on the open sea. Here's a story for you. There was a ship. It was somewhere in Asia, a massive white ship as big as a block of flats. There were hundreds of children on board. They were on a school trip to a holiday island. The ship took a corner too sharp and tipped over. The water began to pour in. The captain and the crew kept making announcements for the passengers to stay in their rooms. Stay in your rooms? A boy filmed it on his phone. The ship is on its side. They're telling each other to keep still. Somebody asks, should I call my mother? 
The captain and the crew abandoned the ship and left 250 schoolchildren to drown. I was telling Debbie about it one day when she was in the shower. I said, if I was that captain, I would never have done that. I would never have left those kids to drown. And Debbie said, how can you be so sure? I said, I just wouldn't. I know I wouldn't. Would you? Debbie says, the thing is, you don't really know what you're made of. How can you really know what kind of a person you are? Sometimes I think she doesn't have any faith in me at all. Sometimes I catch her looking at me like she's literally wondering who I am. Debbie prefers showers. She says, with a bath, you're just sitting in your own filth. Have you seen Psycho? It's a 15. Did you get taught about World War II in school? Children have been tricked to their deaths by being told they needed a shower. Is it true that it rains a lot here? That's fine by me. I like the rain. What I'd like to do is walk across that transporter bridge in the rain. I'd like to stand at the top in the middle of a storm. That would be amazing. In the bathroom, I opened the medicine cabinet. It had a red cross on the front. Inside was shampoo and toothpaste, all travel-sized. The window was open. It was very quiet, just the tap dripping. Is everyone okay? I'm fine. Sometimes at school, teachers will look at me and ask, Is everything okay? Are you okay? And I always say, I'm fine.